Well, hello there, and welcome back to the More Than Mostly Comedy podcast. You say welcome back, like you've gone away, you've had a bit of your life, and then you've gone, I want to go back to that More Than Mostly Comedy podcast and hear those two guys again. Absolutely. We kind of hope people have, you know, I kind of hope that that's got to this stage. Uh, I mean, to be fair, this could be your first time listening, so, you know. But also, I hate the thought of people just listening to it relentlessly and doing nothing else and growing like beards as they do it and eating crisps and just... Can't think of anything worse. And then coming to assassinate us. Yeah. Like that. It, could, it could happen. Could, could happen. happen, yeah. That'd be weird. It would be very strange, wouldn't it? I'm, I'm Glyn Doggett, by the way, and uh, that's David Fgrave, who just David Fgrave here. Yeah. And you've joined us for another lovely interview. We've just done it. This is the bit that we do, that you hear before, but we did afterwards, uh, with the, the lovely Martin Treneman, who, um, as we say in the interview, is someone who is, a when he's in the thing, it's a sign of quality, really, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, hence, yeah. this podcast is... Sign of quality. Well, yeah, this is it. What is it? Been on this. Sign of quality. Yeah. This is why. This is why we get these people just to make us look better, isn't it? Vaguely better. Yeah. Not good. So true. Better. Better than we were. Slightly better. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. But it's so true. I mean, there's so many things that he's done that you know we both like. So it's. We met Martin back in 2008 as part of a comedy writing group that we were in. Pre decimal, it was then. We were still using shillings and. Uh, no, we weren't. Oh, it's not that long ago. Diff- different um, world, different yeah. times. Um, but yeah, and uh, there's so many things that he's done that we admire. So it's just it was nice to chat with him and talk about all those things. Definitely. Really. And we might as well just go straight in and hear that chat now. So here we go. So we are again in a, in a Zoom setting uh, with Martin Treneman. Hello, Martin. Hi, yeah. How are you? I'm oh, good, thank you. How are you? You? Yeah, fine, thanks. Yeah. How are you? Uh, how are you finding this current situation that we're in? This sort of lockdown that we're still in. Yeah, it's been quite a slog, hasn't it? Um, yeah. You know, I, you know, we've had it sort of fairly easy, to be honest. You know, we've got we live in West London. We have we were lucky enough to have a sort of small garden. So um, you know, and we we just got a puppy just before. Oh, well. Cool. About about eight weeks before the lockdown, January the eleventh. So no, about yeah, a month and a half before the lockdown, we got a yeah. puppy. Right. Um, so that allowed us to sort of go out, you know, uh, and walk the dog and take the children out. Homeschooling, that's been yeah. a laugh. I've had that. I've had that fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's been a. That's been a laugh. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Never really uh, set out to be a teacher. That's the thing. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Never yeah. be, ever. I realised realize how much patience you have to have to be a teacher. Yeah. Quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> the puppy thing is funny because actually a, few, a couple of friends of mine have suddenly got dogs out of nowhere. And I don't know whether it's like, is it a thing? Do you think a lot of... And obviously you didn't do it for that. For sort it's of, called no. having a pet, Glenn. It's called having a pet. But, but it seems to be... There's, I've seen people <laughs> since we've ever been in lockdown, I've seen a couple of people who've never had dogs before suddenly get dogs. And I wonder if it's quite a good thing to do, I suppose, at this time because you've got time to sort hmm. of settle them in, yeah. train them to do all that stuff. Yeah. But I guess it's... Yeah, there are bonuses to having this situation for having a, a new pet, especially a puppy. Yeah, yeah. Apart from the vets are mostly oh, shut. Yeah, yes. so, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vaccinations are tricky, and also ha- also having a, a puppy as well, like getting used to all the puppy training and stuff. That's kind yeah, of yeah. Thing. It's uh, yeah. She's been, you know, a handful and right. <laughs> a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. she's great actually. Yeah. I've seen I've seen her on Twitter, isn't it, Mabel? Mabel, yeah, it's very sweet. Ah. Yeah, yes, I've, yeah. I've got a dog as well, so same thing. It's been an excuse to get out, get some exercise, and yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely good for that. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you a question because that's what we're here for. Um, um, yeah, well, I believe didn't you feature on a jam record, sort of by accident? I remember you telling us before. Mm. 
dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Plain bass. Yes, yes, I did. Yes, um, I was. Uh, I was pretty much. I was still at school. I think I was at college. I was very young. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I played in a band. Well, I played drums. So I played in a band back then. A sort of a kind of a modish kind of kind of band. And the lead singer, Mark, knew the jam. He used to sort of hang around with them. And um, he said to me, he said, do you, do you fancy, uh, on a Saturday, he said, do you fancy going up to uh, Townhouse Studios uh, in London and just sort of hanging out with the, with the band? So I, I bit his hand off. And <laughs> um, uh, we went up there, had the day out. I was, I don't know, 14, maybe 15? I can't really remember, but yeah. quite young. Hung around with him. Um, Vic Coppersmith Heaven walks in. We're playing pool. Hmm. Um, I'm trying to, you know, keep some beer down, and um, <laughs> and summons us all to to, uh, to go to the studio to do some backing vocals. I immediately said, "I'm a drummer. Clearly, I can't sing." <laughs> so he said, "No, it's really is just shouting." So we went down there, did a load of shouting, and um, that was the first, second, what well, it was, single or you know, whatever. And then I got a call weeks later saying, oh, do you want to go on Top of the Pops? <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. Yeah, uh, yeah so he did, yeah. I, um, I have to confess that, um, uh, that I, I remember it because there's a lot of swaying about we did because the, yeah. the director said, because we were just standing there yeah. and uh, there was a lot of swaying about. But a, a lot of the swaying about with a couple of us was because of the amount of beer that we consumed. <laughs> backstage yeah. they're crates and stuff but so that, the short answer is yes that is true david <laughs> amazing so we'll cut out all the story and we'll just make, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah yes the answer yeah. yes the funny thing was you you told us about that and then i happened to see the top of the pops randomly i was like oh yeah no it is true on top of the pops too it, yeah yeah there's a, there's a credit on the back of the album as well thanks to danny d mark pete and martin it's amazing and it's the song eaton rifles for people who don't know mm. yes so, yeah so yeah eaton rifles I mean, that, that's a cool thing to have done without even, like, the, your career, the things you've yeah. done. That's a very, that's a very cool, cool thing. thing. Yeah. In fact, one of the neighbour down our, our road um, about two years ago, I, I didn't really know him, and uh, he actually worked for The Telegraph. <laughs> and uh, he, he, did, he actually called me from across the road and said, um, called me over and said, look, is, is, this, is this true that, that you... Um, and I thought he was going to go... Oh, you're in phone shop, or you're in, yeah. You're in the, <laughs> yeah. You played did backing vocals. I saw you, and I went, "What? You called <laughs> first time you've ever spoken to me, and this is what you say." Yeah. So, yeah. so, did you sort of start out um, doing music? Was that how, did that sort of lead yes. to everything else? Or? Yeah, I, I, um, well, my first job was on the ghost train on South End Pier. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, really? Yeah. My 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 father was uh, delighted. You know, <laughs> all that education and. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and um, you know, I got I got sacked from that, and um, I sort of I went into the city for a while because that's been South End. That's kind of in the eighties. That's kind of what you did, you know. So just worked in in sort of in the back office, but got really sort of disillusioned with that. So left. But I've been playing in bands for years, um, playing drums in in various bands for years, and so I left for the band, and we got a uh, we got a publishing deal, and a, you know. We never did anything, um, <laughs> and then I got then I got kicked out. Me and the me and Beanie, the keyboard player, out of here, get out. 
even though I founded the band. I'm still not bitter. No, of course not. Of course not. Uh, and um, and I thought, well, I'm not going. I'm not going to go back and do that drudge. I'd done that for four or five years, and I wasn't going to do that anymore. So um, I ran a comedy club down in South End called the Joker Comedy Club, and um, with uh, with Colin Dench. Do you remember him? I know, I know the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And um, I ran it with him, and I just sort of thought everyone was going. Well, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. So I thought I'd give stand-up a go. Um, and I knew Lee Evans, because uh, he used to, him and Frank Skinner used to uh, compare the club. Um, so it was fortnightly. So Lee would do one show a month and Frank would do the other one. So I knew Lee and Lee lived around the corner from me, really, in, in Leon C. And he, um, what's funny is I did my, I, I'd been doing a little bit of writing with Lee. Um, because I knew him. And my open spot um, in South End, a pub in South End, it's funny because I got home and then about half past 12 at night, I got a call from Lee saying, how did it go? <laughs> so it, I won, I won it. Mm, right. I won the first gig and then, then for the next six months, died on my ass. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest is history. No, not six months, but quite a few months died on my ass. You said you had run a comedy club. So did you run a comedy club before you considered doing stand-up? Were you just at that Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'd been running it. Oh, right. Yeah, no, I'd been running it for quite a while before I before I did it, yeah. It was a sort of a... It was a last-ditch effort to not go and get a proper job. Uh, right, yeah. Uh, I thought I'd give it a go. And then I went up to... Do you want the whole story? Yeah, yeah do it. Go, on, go, go for on, it, yeah. Go for it, yeah. 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 Put your feet up. Put a cigar on. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so uh, Michael Smiley, you must know. Yeah. You know Michael yeah, Smiley. Yeah. Or yeah. uh, well, Smiley said to me, I, I did a gig with Smiley, and he, he chatted to me at the bar, and he said, "You've got to enter, so you think you're funny." And I'd only been doing comedy for about four months, four and a half, four and a half months, and so I entered it. And there weren't heats. Well, there were heats in Edinburgh in those days, but there weren't regional heats. Right. And um, and I won it. I won anything you're funny in '94. I saw this. I saw this on Wikipedia because we've always said before that we say you think you're funny sounds like a really threatening competition because it's got. A really yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. <laughs> you think yeah. you're funny. Yeah. <laughs> should be called. Should be called. What do you think you're doing? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 What are you yeah. doing that for? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All, but I remember we went to see some of the heats of it when we were up there one year. But yeah. I did it as well because because oh, we obviously did, yeah, did stuff yeah. together and then I did one of my own. Yeah, yeah. Did, it was yeah, now it was regional heats and yeah. they, they, they didn't think I was funny. That was the thing. <laughs> that's Rubbish. they changed the title. Yeah, <laughs> I want but, a recount. But it's like um, that's quite a, a being thrown into it because you go from having barely done mm. it to winning that to I presume that then made you think, well, I can be a comedian then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I think. The, the thing what the thing was that it happened it all happened so quickly from starting from the first gig to winning so you think funny mm. was less than five months so you know then suddenly your diary starts you know getting busier and busier because people go oh you mind saying anything funny but i still only had 10 minutes right yeah, yeah. <laughs> so my my agent at the time who was colin was just going was booking me out for 20 minutes and i was going i haven't got any. he said we'll just say it's lower and you go, no, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, it won't be funny then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he said, you know, just write some more. Just do, just write more. I go, yeah, it's quite hard writing this stuff. It's quite hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
But eventually I got up to about 17 minutes and, um, you, you know, used to crawl on stage. It took about three minutes. Um, <laughs> it um, wasn't like the music hall days when you could just, no one, no one would see it. So you could just perform. Yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. If only we were Victorian, it'd be so much better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so then, then, then sort of, you know, did did uh, did sort of loads of gigs, and I, I I did stand up for six years, I think. Yeah, wow. ninety four to about two thousand. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? I I loved most of it, and I did miss it a lot when I when I decided to give up. Um. I, I did really enjoy it. What I didn't enjoy, and I, and you guys, you you do stand up as well. What people yeah. don't realise is that they go, oh, what a glamorous, amazing sort of lifestyle. But actually, if your agent or manager has booked you, kind of six gigs in the West Country, mm. you know, uh, and you're doing Exeter and then Plymouth and then you know, then you're going further down, you know, uh, mm. you're you're driving around all day on your own, booking into a, a B&B on your own. The only time you're having a laugh, really, is from half seven at night mm. till midnight or one or whatever, and then everyone disperses, and then you're on your own again till half seven the next night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's a very, it is a very lonely thing. I mean, that's why, it, it, so much better when me and Glenn are doing stuff together, but when I've done it on my own, it is weird yeah. to just turn up yeah. on your own, but okay, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit, yeah. a bit weird. It's a bit yeah. weird. Um, but I did enjoy it, but I got... I got um, I got more and more acting work. So in the end, I was doing, uh, I did a, I did three series of a drama with Lenny Henry um, called uh, Hope and Glory, where I played the caretaker, um, where my only makeup every every time was to scrunch my neck up like that and they put dirt around here and they go, right, you're done. <laughs> Instant character. Yeah. Instant character. <laughs> and um, I'd done the first series of that and still done stand-up. And then, but it nearly killed me because right. I, I was going in filming and I was driving myself in, which they don't like. They don't like you driving yourself in. And then, then a, 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 a rap at seven o'clock or something, you know, driving off to, to Oxford to do a gig, then getting back at one in the morning and then being picked up at half oh, five in the morning, it killed me. Right, yeah. It didn't quite kill me. I'm still here. Um, <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I, there came a point where I had to, I had to sort of decide what, which way I was going to go. Was I going to go acting and writing or was I going to go stand up and writing? And mm. I, I went, I went acting. Did you ever think you'd be an actor when you were younger? Did you ever, did that something ever cross your mind? Oh yeah. Oh, oh I yeah. always, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh really? I, oh, that's good. Yeah. As a, as a child, I always wanted to be James Bond. I always wanted to, yeah, dressed up in yeah. suits and had the gun and, and you, yeah. And used to act out scenes with friends when I was, you know, seven, eight, nine. Um, I used to make films on Super Eight. Oh, I love it. Uh, yeah. and, and, and you know, and mm. and direct it and be in it yeah. and write it. <laughs> sounds yeah. familiar. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. sounds like us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where have oh, you been all my life? Murder. I was murdered at work in primary school. Yeah. <laughs> in my primary school, I told them that I had a, a, a series commissioned. Oh, clearly, clearly didn't. <laughs> well, how I even knew that language then, I don't know, because I was really into Blackadder at the time. So I sort of basically said I'd had this thing that was going to be made, and it was like Blackadder goes forth, and, and they believed me. And it's like, I'm just a That's amazing. liar. I know, it's just terrible. It's terrible I love it. Though. Just, I don't know why, I don't know where I thought that was going to go. You know? No. But yeah. 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 But it's, yeah, it's fun. How did the series go? Really well, yeah, four series yeah. we got, and yeah, and, yeah. and in a film, it was made to I don't think I caught it. <laughs> it was just it's all in my head, all in my head, really. <laughs> but. Um, 
that leads a little bit to we had a question so we have some questions sent in from um, Alison Cashmore who I think is here uh, listening what yes. do you most what do you most enjoy writing comedy or being a comedic actor Ooh, it's, a, it's a tough one that that is a tough one um I do I do really enjoy uh writing narrative uh I write with Matt Lees we've just done um the second series of Bravo Two Charlies for uh, Radio Wales um I really enjoy that uh, particularly the second series, because we really knew the characters uh, right, yeah. and um, and the daftness that comes out of them. Uh, I really enjoy that. But I, I, I suppose, gun against my head, I'd probably say acting, right? Because it's a bit, it's it's more immediate. You know, you're, you're on set. I've done a bit of theatre, but not, not. I haven't done any for years and years. Yeah, doesn't really not. It's not really my thing. I don't think. Yeah. Too, oh, I, I did a couple of plays and I spent, they only ran for a, about a week or two weeks or whatever, but I spent from the first day of rehearsal to the last show saying to myself, why the fuck have I done this to myself? <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Why, why, am I, why am I doing this? Then I did another one and just went, why am I doing this? I don't know. <laughs> this is insane. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's not for me. But uh, uh, I think acting on, on set um that sort of immediate sort of creativity and that that um that feeling of, of when it goes really well i mean you, you know david when it when you know when it when that scene's just really cooking yeah, I yeah, yeah the yeah. right word I've, yeah. so I've chosen some 70s word uh, <laughs> like it yeah, yeah. yeah. you know yeah yeah man um yeah when it's just really working um I really enjoy that. So, so I'd say acting, yeah. And do, do you find it, do you approach it very differently when it's stuff you've written yourself or or, um, um, or is it sort of the same? Do I you think, turn on your acting head when you do it rather than... I think you, know? you do, actually. I think that's quite interesting because when we were in, because we recorded um, uh, Bravo 2 Charlie's on location, which, I mean, normally it's, or, or not normally, Often it's done in a studio. Yeah, that's interesting. But, yeah, yeah. But quite often it's actually done on, on location. I, I did um, Kay Stonham's uh, uh, sitcom, um, Robin and Wendy's Wet Weekends, and that was all done in Kay's house. So right. the kitchen, the garden, the bedroom. Um, I don't know how to describe a house to you, do I? Kitchen. <laughs> kitchen <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, now I can visualise it now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I've described a house to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we're all clear on that now. <laughs> um, I, uh, but yeah, so we, we recorded on a on a, a a kind of a a farm, a kind of farm where, where they had sort of a kind of visiting farm, petting farm kind of thing. Uh, in the first week of March, so a couple of you know about three weeks before lockdown, mm. and um, it was freezing, right. freezing in Londidno, but um, beautiful. Absolutely lovely. Um, um, it's an interesting question because I think you put more pressure on yourself to get it right because the, the actors that we've got in it are, well, yeah, I think are absolutely superb and they're, they're absolutely smashing this script. And I'm thinking, I wrote this. I better... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think you do, you do have a, a certain amount of more pressure on you when, you, when you're doing that. Yeah, mm. yeah, definitely. So when you were doing that, um, were, you, were you presumably in a car doing it? Because a lot of it's like... Uh... Yeah, we were, yeah. yeah. Uh, Steve Doherty, who produced it, uh, he rented a, um, a people carrier. 
Right. So um, Jerry did, doing the sound could sit there. Matt, Matt Lees, who I wrote it with, could um, smack me on the head with scripts going wrong, <laughs> wrong, get it right. Um, so they, they could also sit behind, but but um, it, it's about the it's about the North Wales Traffic Police. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, we we sat next to each other, yeah, with a, with a great big mic in between us. Yeah, it's just like you normally um, do in a car, really. It's just your standard car experience. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's your it's your standard car experience without actually driving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I guess that must really help it feel a bit more real because you're almost, you're as close to being in the scenario as you can be when you're doing yeah, it. Yeah, it really helps. And um, the first series we did in, in a studio in um, in Wales. I can't remember the name of the city. <laughs> <laughs> Wrexham. Sorry, Wrexham. Oh, okay, Wrexham. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, in a in a disused uh, nuclear lookout station, which was now a, uh, a recording studio. But I think this one. It lifts the, the dialogue is lifted off the page more mm. because it's got that kind of you know that live feel to it. You know, we mm, did yeah, uh, yeah. mountain rescue uh, episode was the first episode, and you know it was windy, it was cold. You know what I mean? It's kind of and it feels like it when you hear it. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How did you meet Matt? Because you do quite a lot, well, a lot of writing with him, obviously. How how, how did that start? I you? met Matt because Matt went to uh, film school and he came out and was a, uh, a, a producer at Granada. And they were doing the, the short films that Lee did uh, way back in 97, I think, something like that. Um, and Lee invited me up because I, I tried to help him write one of these films. And Lee said, I'll come up and meet these guys. Uh, Jim Doyle, who I've done a few films with, his director. Mm-hmm. And Matt was there as well. So I was introduced to them uh, at Granada, and um, I just sort of st- hit it off with with Matt, and have um, hated him ever since. <laughs> do you have a, a sort of specific way you approach writing together? Do you sort of have roles in it? Does one person do the he does typing? All the like typing. Right, yeah. <laughs> he does all the typing. He does yeah. all the typing. Yeah. Um, and you're all the inspiration. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, we, uh, it's sort of fallen like that. I think we do have. Uh, specific roles. Um, I do all the funny stuff, and um, yeah. he does all the admin. Yeah. No, he, uh, Matt's brilliant. Matt used to be a lead writer on the Bill, and has written for um, Holby and Casualty. I mean, so he's brilliant at that kind of the, the the way the narrative should work and the way the scene should push the story forward. You know, whereas I'm just going bah! Uh, <laughs> it's funny stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just do funny stuff. And Matt's really funny as well. I'm not. I'm not taking that away from him. He's hilarious, but um, he's very good at that sort of structure thing. And I'm much better at kind of storylining and um, coming up with silly stories. And you know, we're, we're a perfect team, really. Hmm. I, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't want anyone to get this wrong. Matt is hilarious. <laughs> he is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Do, do Do you write together, or do you? Yeah. You do actually see it in the same way. Yeah, we've we've tried it. doing it remotely, um, and it, we've tried even doing it where he writes a bit and then sends me a scene over, and I write a bit, and you know, yeah. but it, it just takes forever, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so actually, we're 
there's not, I don't know, there's that many writing teams that do it, but we actually always sit in the same room together. And write. That's it, yeah. Yeah, I know for we people that don't sit together, we'll quite often write a bit and then send it to someone else and then they'll write yeah. a bit. And Yeah, yeah. but we, we've always sat, me and David always sat together in the room and written it together right, because yeah. we kind of have to, you kind of have to, we, we like to sort of say it out loud so you're constantly acting it, essentially. You're kind of doing exactly it. Exactly that. That's exactly what we do. And it's also, yeah. you know, from to, to get from A to B, it's quite a journey sometimes. So you're yeah. starting off with a, a, a donkey sanctuary that then turns into a massive beehive that turns it, you know. Mm-hmm. So this this journey, but that's, that will only come from sitting in the same room with the same idiot that you've sat yeah, yeah. with for years. Yeah, you know? exactly. It only yeah. comes from that. It doesn't come from bouncing emails backwards and forwards. No. And it ends up being about ninety percent just chat and about ten yeah, percent actually writing. Work, yeah. Anything. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you getting all this yeah. down, David? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Type, typing away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, I was going to mention because it links to a question that's come up here as well. But you've also you were one of the writers on what myself and one of my friends think is one of the most sort of criminally underrated sitcoms, which is Fifteen Stories High. Which mm. I think it just not underrated, but so much as sort of got missed a little bit. Maybe the telly one, yeah. Yes, yeah, it, was. It, it did. Well, I, I started write, writing with Sean. I've written with Sean for twenty-three years, or whatever it is. Um, and you know, he's he's a very close friend, and um, he he got me in. He met me in Edinburgh, and he said he said he was had this idea that, that he was going to do for a radio show. And it was 15 Minutes of Misery, it was called. And they did this pilot, 15 Minutes of Misery, which was him, you know, I can't remember that much about it, actually, but I I wrote a couple of gags for it or whatever. Then it was commissioned as a radio series, uh, uh, 15 Stories High. And he wanted it as a a flat, because he used to live in a a flat in Rotherhithe. And uh, he wanted it to, to have that feel of, going from flat to flat so you can have sketches but also have a sitcom going on so all that you know he is the creator of all of that and then he brought me in to write that so i wrote um i wrote two series two uh radio series with him and then then it was commissioned as tv so which took a long time so each series took six months to write right in a in a tiny little garret office in off wimpole street just trudging up. I remember trudging up those stairs every day, and it was four or five days a week. You just right. trudge up and you sit down, and, and Sean was very much, you know, it, it's his baby, you know, right. and I, I was there to to help him. And mm. um, you know, the 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 days I'd come in there, and you know, on a Monday I'd come in, and we'd written all this stuff, and Sean would go, "It's not good enough." Mm. And I'd go, but "He's quite funny." And he'd go, "No," <laughs> and it would go, "All gone." Right. Yeah, yeah. So that's last week's work gone. <laughs> Start again. Yeah. So he's, you know, he's very particular about what he wants. Um, I'm quite right too, because I think it's a, a genuinely a, a, a brilliant series. Mm-hmm. And the the the, the um, we actually did a uh, the pilot film festival, um, the pilot TV festival rather up in Manchester. We did last year. We went up there and did a Q and A and uh, screened an episode and um, Benedict Wong was came along as well so okay. Benny was there and that's one of the funniest scenes I've filmed I and mean, there's a few of them there's a couple in phone shot that I'd, I'd sort of go oh, okay I really like those but um, 
sexing the white bait in the uh, oh. in, in, <laughs> yeah. in Billingsgate. Yeah. Because the thing was, Sean was there, and Sean was always sort of o- overlooking everything, you know. But um, and Mark Nunnally was was a director, he's a d- delightful, lovely man, and um, he could have put some lights on though. <laughs> <laughs> it's all so really dark. It's all quite, yeah. It's real. It's real. Mark. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, we, we, we were going to do this scene, and all of that scene was scripted. So it was all right. completely scripted. Yeah. Um, and we started doing it, and it just felt kind of, it kind of felt wrong that, that, mm. we, that we were, you know, we we're keeping so to this script. It was quite a long scene, you know, to, mm. to be this bit, that bit, you know. And I just said to Mark, I said, why don't we just, why don't we improvise? We know where we're going. Mm. We know where we're going with it. Yeah. And I said, and Sean's not around. <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell me not to. Yeah. Because Sean had gone off to buy some lobsters or something, I don't know. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. Um, and um, so we, we, we improvised it and we shot it, I don't know, a couple of times, three times, something like that. And um, it's, it, it genuinely makes me laugh. Mm, yeah. Benny's hilarious in it. Yeah. He's such a great character and he does it so well as well. Yeah, he yeah, gives it so much heart. It's brilliant. Yeah, he's, he's a really warm character. He's lovely. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The bit that makes me cry with laughter, literally cry with laughter, is the one where he's pulling down the wallpaper. Yeah. And, and when he backs yes. around the door with all the wallpaper tucked on his trousers. But I, it just makes me cry, literally cry laughing. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's so, so funny. Yeah. yeah. Was there, Apart from that, was there much room for improvisation in it? And it was, it was it very much a scripted thing? generally it was it was pretty much a scripted thing there, there was a little bit of improv uh, every now and then um i, I always remember i always remember this I mean, sean um i had to do a scene with sean it, this is in the second series where i played the caretaker um when i start eating his food you, know, you finished with that you finished oh, yeah. with that finish, <laughs> finish, finish. um nine i think it was nine eight or nine cold fried eggs that was lovely Lovely. Oh. Um, what I do for my art. Yeah. Um, and but, but before that scene, I say to him, "Come and really, really, really annoyed bloke." And so I talk like that. And yeah, I don't stop there. Yeah, like that. And um, I had to, I had to name three. I said, "Who's your favourite astronaut?" Yeah. You got to have a favourite, haven't you? So I, I named these three astronauts, and I couldn't, I couldn't remember the last one. So I'd go. So we do this whole scene, and I go, "Yeah, yeah, Neil Armstrong." Uh, uh, Buzz Aldrin, and uh, uh, I, I just, it just wouldn't come out. And Sean stood up and slammed his hands on the table and went, Martin, these guys have flown all the way to the moon and back. The least you could do is remember their fucking name. <laughs> it's true, really. Yeah. It's true. It's true. I think it's such a, it's such a good premise for a series and, and like the, the, the way you can sort of have short sketches and link them together. And I think as well, like the transition from the radio to telly really worked really well because the radio's one's a lot less maybe naturalistic, I'd say, but the telly stuff is quite sort of real as well. It makes it work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's, you know, a lot of that's down to Sean. Um, right. Sean had a real vision about um, how he wanted it shot. He wanted it like a, like a Scandinavian movie. You know, he wanted it shot. Mm. really real, really sort of odd angles, you know. And Mark comes from a, a, a commercials um, a background. Mm. So, you know, he, he knows how to shoot something, you know. Um, so, yeah, uh, a lot of that was, was was Sean, really. Right, yeah. Yeah. 
and it does it does look quite sort of filmic in a stark way like there are like interesting like you say interesting shots interesting like end credit things that happen that make yes it nice, yeah yeah which is good yeah um Another question come in actually from Alison Cashmore again, who's now oh, yes. interrogating you. Um, which character that you have played is your favourite, and which character have you wished you could have played? Wow. Um, but my favourite character is is dead easy, dead easy. Lance Crisp in in Phone Shop. Um, just the most brilliant character uh, that Phil Bowker wrote. Uh, he wrote it, directed it, produced it. Edited it. Right. Told me what to do. Um, yeah. uh, Lance is just—he's just brilliant. He's just—he's a—he's a modern day Captain Mannering. You know, he's a—you know—he's a jumped-up idiot. Doesn't really quite know what he's doing, but he's letting his lads do it all. You know. Yeah. Um, and he's actually—you know—he's actually terrified of the the uh, um, Raz. Um, I just think—I don't know who. Who would I have liked to have played? Well, Bond. Of course. <laughs> yeah, still yeah. could happen. Still right, could happen. You know, I wanted to yeah. do that when I was nine. Well, exactly. Yeah. That's been a lifelong one, yeah. Yeah. I think I may have passed that one. Um, <laughs> uh, a character I'd love to have played. I don't know. I'd have to think about that. Yeah, yeah. I'd think about that. Although I did note, because I'm a big Tony Hancock fan, uh, that you yes. played Hancock. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. In, in, I did. I played Hancock. Yes. Are you, are you a fan of Hancock? Were you, were yes. you yeah, 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 no, I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I did play Hancock, and um, that was a that was really, really good fun. Michael Sheen was absolutely delightful, mm. and because um, I'd never played anyone else, right? Yeah. yeah. So um, it was quite funny because I didn't I didn't realise at the time it was it's kind of an actor's way of doing it. I was just doing it anyway. Mm. So I was doing, before each scene, I was doing a line. That would get me into the into his voice. So I was walking around doing a line, and my machine was doing getting Williams line. So I'm down the corridor, and I'm going, okay, never mind that. We're here for the rest. Um, and uh, <laughs> he was doing some. Oh, rah, 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 rah. <laughs> yes, um, yeah, that was. I really enjoyed doing that. First, that was a, the only time I've ever. I think that's the only time I've ever played someone else. Right, yeah, real. Yeah. How did that? How did that come about? I mean, was that just a straightforward audition for the part, kind of job? That was, yeah, yeah, that was a, a straightforward, uh, yeah, audition for the oh, part, okay. and um, and just went in and did it, and yeah, and got it, yeah, yeah, fantastic, it was lovely. Initially, were you kind of going, oh god, I've got to play a real person here that a lot of people know? Is that quite scary, or do you not really think about it? I didn't really think about it until I got on set, mm. and, and so I, I'd really worked at it. I'd got some DVDs. Um, I'd got some old, uh, someone, a friend of mine had got me, uh, downloaded some, um, burnt off some CDs with uh, with some radio shows on it. So I, I was fairly confident I was doing a sort of reasonable kind of, you know, and then I'd show you the face and everything, and I just worked at it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I came on set, and then you get the wig on, and then yeah. you get the suit, yeah. and you go, ooh, uh, yeah. well, this feels like quite a responsibility, you know. Yeah, people, yeah, yeah. People might not like this. I don't know, um, but I did enjoy doing because Michael was was and, and the rest of the team were lovely. Yeah, good, good job. I sort of link that to because I played Paul McCartney in a show, and I'm a big Beatles fan. Um, and we yeah. went and we went to the Liverpool Empire to, and that was the same sort of thing. You got the wig on. I've never seen like four terrified people, you know, because you're in 
doing Scouse accents to Scousers playing like their best known sons who's just sweating in a wig. But I mean, it was an amazing thing to do. But yeah, like because these things like Hancock, people really love these people. Yeah, they They really. So it's yeah, you you do feel the pressure, I think. But but it must have been a good training. I don't know for you. It certainly was for me. All the Goulson and Simpson scripts are just they're just outstanding, aren't they? They just they stand up perfectly. Yeah, yeah, and and like um. I know because we, we spoke to Kevin Eldon who did the Missing Hancocks, you know, the remakes mm. of the ones yeah. that were lost. And I sort of asked him the same thing. Do you feel a pressure? Is it hard to do? And he said, well, no, you just say the lines because they, they're so well written. It's yeah, just there, are. you know. Yeah, they are so well written, yeah. yeah and they I'm good mates with Kevin. I'm in a band with Kevin. Oh, oh I read that. Yeah, I yeah. saw this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it... I say it very occasional. Is that, we used is to play a lot. Beer Gut 100? Beer Gut 100, yeah. yeah. I saw yeah. that. Was did that? Wait, how did that come about? Uh, came about with uh, through stand up when I, I I did a gig and I did a gig with Bill Bailey, who I vaguely knew from the the, the comedy club I'd, I'd, I'd played at. And um, Bill just came up to me afterwards and said, "Look, I said I hear you play the drums." And I said, "Yeah." He said, "Oh, do you want to start this band thing?" So we did, and we did this sort of monthly thing, which was kind of I'd trek up from South End. Well, I lived back down there back then, and um, uh, I'd check up from South End, the kit, we'd play at um, Bassey Arts Centre often, and it was after the gig, so someone would do 10 minutes stand-up and then do a song with us, Right. you know, um, and it was called the Time of the Month Club, I think. (laughs) Um, And then that sort of trans, it, it kind of, it morphed into this kind of band where where Kevin came in and Phil Whelan's on bass and sort of guitar and and we did I think it was ninety I can't remember the first year I think it was ninety either ninety five or ninety six we did our first year we did late in live at right. uh, oh, late in live yes yeah yeah and then we did the next year and then the, the the last year we did we ended up doing about twelve nights you know right. finishing at about quarter to four in the morning it was ridiculous. Right. Um, and then we've done various charity gigs, you know, we've done a lot, you know, we've done a lot of charity gigs. We're on last, a a, a bill of about 40 comics and and we come out, last tubes going. So, uh, we've played to a lot of seats banging up. (laughs) Brilliant. And you still do it now. So you still do, well, occasionally do it now. Well, actually the last time we did it was at Kevin's wedding, which was uh, that was quite recently, wasn't it? Was it last year? Uh, about two years ago, yeah. Yeah, a couple of summers ago. But we're, I think we were meant to be... Well, Bill was talking about doing something this year because I think it's 25 years since our first gig, so it must have been 95, oh. yeah. So 25 years since our, our first gig. Uh, so we'll have to do it next year. Right. Yeah. Hopefully we'll do, we'll do something like, you know, we'll do something big. All we do is punk covers. Right. We just, yeah. do, we just do, you know... <laughs> Yeah, um, a lot of Clash stuff and and uh, you know Ramones and you know it's just nonsense. A lot yeah. of fun, and that's yeah, just something to keep you sane. Maybe just a little bit of fun, mm. yeah. really. Yeah. Um, mm. You've also you've played a lot of Caretakers. It occurred to me because you played the Caretaker in Saxondale as well. So it must be your um, yeah, yes. <laughs> your castability. Yeah. Um, yeah. How how did that come about? Was that another just sort of being cast in it thing, or was it? Did you? That was. Um, yeah, I was cast in that. Yeah, and um, my son was was due to be born around about that time. So I, I was sort of going, "Yeah, it should be alright," but it was fine. <laughs> he was he was born, um, and uh, the shoot was about two weeks afterwards. That was 
really good fun. Um, although I do remember uh, <laughs> that I, I can't, forgive me, I cannot remember the co-writer's name. I apologise to that gentleman. But, uh, you know, I, I got to unit base, got changed, you know, it's first thing in the morning, you know, I'd learned all my lines, da 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 got in the car with him and he said, did you get the new script? Oh. I went, oh. eh? <laughs> what? He said, did you not get the new script? I said, no. And I, of course your heart's sort of going, oh, Christ. Yeah. You know, um, well, hopefully it will just be a few lines that I change. It'll be fine. It's just a little bit of tweaking. And you go and you go, no, unrecognisable. <laughs> wow. Unrecognisable. Oh There's nothing on there. There isn't a word on there that was on the previous. <laughs> and we're driving to set. And he said, oh. you'll be, it'll be fine. I said, no, it won't. Mm. It won't be fine. I've got to learn. This is like a five-page scene. I can't do it. He said, honestly, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah. But the way Steve worked, it was fine. Because we did a sort of camera uh, rehearsal and everything. And then everyone left. And we just rehearsed it for an, an hour. Right. Oh, really? Yeah. An hour, hour, maybe longer. It was a long time. Mm. And he, and Steve was delightful. He sort of said, oh, do you not know this? And we know I just, I've just been handed it in the car. And he went, no, it's all fine, it's fine, it's fine. So we had, but with an hour and a half, of course, you can learn it. It was great, mm. it's fine. Yeah. But, you know, that initial arse-wrenching. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. terrified. Did, had you worked with Steve Coogan before, or was that your first? Experience? No, no, I hadn't. No, it's nice that you had the time as well to actually work on the scene, rather than yeah. That, that yeah. shows that you know they obviously he cares. So they care about getting it right, yeah, getting the character right, right and yeah, stuff. Yeah, quite an education. Yeah, yeah. it's a good yeah. episode as well. It's got Alex Lowe in it as well, isn't it? As the yeah, teacher, right, yeah. yeah, good old Alex. Alex. He's great. Yeah, he's played our comedy club a lot of times. Yes, oh, this is lovely. lovely. Yeah, Barry you Watford like quite a few times. And we met Alex through. Through Something you, in you, fact. you did, when yeah. We did the reading for your. Um... Oh yeah, the, the sitcom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Alex came in, wasn't he? Like a last minute um, replacement. Did. We were we were let down by someone. I can't remember who that was. And if was I was it the co-writer on... of Saxondale? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the same guy. Furious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, and um, yeah, Alex came in at, at, at the last minute, as usual. <laughs> stormed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's brilliant. He's yeah. good. Yeah. And Barry from Watford is just a sort of stroke of genius, isn't it? It's such yeah, a great joy. The joy. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a question. There's a thing here. I'm just looking through. Did, Susan's iPad. I don't think iPad is actually her surname, but um, Susan's might iPad be, says, <laughs> "Tell us maybe it is. Uh, tell us a bit more about spending your summer holes working as a projectionist in Germany when you were 15, 16. Do you speak German? Bloody hell! I mean, that sounds very specific. Is, it, is that correct, or is it? <laughs> is this a? That is that is correct. Um, I don't know who Susan is, but they know too much about me. So, um, something about Susan iPad assassination six. Yeah, said, oh. something, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, it'd be fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, no, what that was, my I, I do speak German. My mum was German, no longer with us. Um, she was German, so I used to spend a lot of my time, my summer holidays, uh, uh, me and my brother, uh, in in Germany, in Cologne. So I was passionate about film and whatever so i was probably about 13 or 14 actually i was probably a bit younger than 15 yeah i was probably about 13 or 14 and i used to go and see a lot of films and i'm saying i'm talking you know one in the morning right. and one in the afternoon nearly every day <laughs> um it's strange isn't it to, to let a 13 year old yeah. run a foreign city yeah. on their own oh 
the late 70s. Yeah, so I, I, I watched a lot, a lot of films, but I was also, and I've lost all of these, I collected, so I used to go up to um, the, the box office and ask them if they had any spare photos or posters. Right. Photos or a placaton. And um, so I collected all these. I had these amazing uh, sort of 70s um, the Japanese Godzilla films, but the German poster for them, right. you know, and I lost them all. Um, so I used to go and watch a lot of this. And um, what happened is the the uh, the projectionist at this this one particular cinema came down. So he's quite an old fella. And he came down and he was a bit grumpy. And he said, "Well, yeah, yeah, I've got these." You know, he said, "Come up, come up, come up to the projection room and, and have a look." So I, my eyes lit up. I'm going to go and see a projection room. <laughs> I went up there with him, and I was, you know, he was digging around and stuff. You know, I was, I, I was obviously wide-eyed. And he said, "Oh, do you like all this stuff?" So I said, "Yeah." So he said, "Come back tomorrow." I don't know. And I worked there for about a month, five weeks of the, the holiday. Right. Just in the projector room. Wow. One of the best summer holidays. I kid you not, I have right. ever had. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Just watching I, films after film after film. Yeah, yeah just watching it. But just being in there, I was always fascinated yeah. with it. You know, you had to shout in there because the, the machines were really loud. Right, yeah, yeah. Quite a good education again then for what you yeah. went on to do, I suppose. Yeah, but I, but I, I loved film. I, I've loved film since a very, very young age. Yeah, mm. yeah. So I was sort of slightly obsessed with it. How, how has it been going into something like The Inbetweeners and then that becoming a film? Um, there's my segue there into film. but um, clever, clever stuff, Glenn. Like but that. going into that becoming a film, how, how was that experience of doing something that became quite a big movie? Um, did you enjoy? In, obviously, that's quite exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I, I, did, I did enjoy it. It was, it was funny because, it, it, you know, you come from the sort of the first ever... Uh, the the first series that we did, of course, no mm. one knows what this is going to be. No, you know, no, mm, yeah. You know, yeah. We went to, it's a gig, it's a job. Mm. Go in there, do it, and move on to the next one. Mm. Um, and actually, the, I don't think the first one was much of a hit. I don't. It, it did okay. It's sort of, it's been repeated so much since. I suppose you kind of forget. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At the time, I just think it wasn't. You know, wasn't hugely um, successful. But then. You know, to go on the second one, you know, by the third one, you're sort of going, right, okay, this is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Hmm. But the, the the sets were all, you know, the same, and the crew was kind of the same. And then you go on the film set and you go, oh, right, okay. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I was wondering, because you go okay, jump into the... Uh, yeah. about 300 people here. Um, uh, the lights are bigger. Um, so it was very different then, so they did do it much they didn't kind of stick yeah. to the same so it became bigger everything yeah it did it did become bigger yeah 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 it did yeah. i i really enjoyed the, doing the inbetweeners i mean mm. um i mean the boat the boys weren't weren't <laughs> i've told them enough times you know i had to be dad sometimes because right. often it was me driving <laughs> and then just doing the odd oi oh really yeah. well that kind yeah. of stuff and me with the with the sort of lion's share of the dialogue yeah. so when they said cut they would piss around like no one's yeah. And I'd be sitting there going, and then we'd get ah, hitting each other. And every now and then I'd go, shut up. <laughs> you literally were their dad, yeah. yeah. Literally were their dad, yeah. yeah. 
also how do you find because i saw and i don't know whether it's more like sketch stuff you did but because you've written like for people like phil k and those sort of people when you when you do that sort of stuff is it easy to get into other people's voices or do you still write the way you would normally write or you know no i think you have to you have to get into what what they would do and try and imagine them doing it um uh working with phil i love phil oh he's amazing Um, it's amazing he's a genius um but they they rented me an office in uh, in Soho, and um, I'd be in there every sort of four days a week, and we'd record on a Friday, and I just go in there, and he'd come down from Scotland. Uh, Phil would come down from Scotland on a I'd, I'd worked on a Monday and a Tuesday, and he'd come in on a Wednesday, and he'd only stay for about an hour, an hour and a half, and there would be this whirlwind of energy would come in, him. yeah, and I'd, yeah. I'd pitch this stuff to him, and he'd go, yeah. Okay, but let's do it in a helicopter. And you go, no, no, I'll do it swinging from a tree. I'll do it, and then I'll jump down onto a moving tractor. And you go, ah, stop it. Um, and then I'd have to sort of decipher to pick all the bones out of that. And uh, I really enjoyed writing with him. Yeah, we find when he comes to our comedy club, you predict the things. Like if there's a ladder there, you go. We'll move yeah. that because he'll find that. Yeah. And, that oh, like, yeah. Find and he yeah. always does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He'll, like, he'll ruin our club. Yeah. But yeah. he's great. I love him. He's, he's and he is a genius. I think the way he, yeah, like, he twists is. the story is just yeah. beautiful, really. Yeah. Um I I have to say I'm kind of I'm kind of jealous of your career, really, because you've managed to do like a lot of different things, really nice things with nice groups of people, you know, and, yeah. and done a little bit of everything that I guess, like from what you're saying, the kid inside kind of wanted to do, which yeah, I've, I've been I've been really lucky. I've been really lucky. I mean, yeah, worked quite hard, but um, I, I have been lucky. Um, you know, the the one of the reasons I got into acting really was through Lee Evans because I was writing with Lee and I was writing some sketches for uh, his. I think it was yeah, it was his first ever West End run in. 96, 97, and um, we were writing these little sketches and he sort of, you know, so I was, I was employed by him and the production company and I was getting paid for it and everything. Mm. And then he just said to me one day, I, obviously I'll never forget it, he, he said, he said, oh, you, you could do this sketch. I went, what? He said, yeah, yeah, you, you could do it. You're funny, you do that. You can do that. You can act, be fine. So I said, okay. So we, we did it on a, we did a tiny little sort of art centre tour where we practised it. Uh, we rehearsed it and, and honed it and whatever. So my first ever proper acting gig was a 10-week run in the West End. That's all right, isn't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> right. So kind of, ah. I mean, I wasn't in it very much. It was only about five minutes of sketches in, in a two-hour show. But, um, yeah, the, the, you know, and it's that it's that trust that people place in you mm. that, that, that can really move your career on. Because after that, I got an acting agent and mm. suddenly I was, you know, an actor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Overnight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're still doing it many, many. Well, I say many, many years later. I'm not saying you're old. I'm just yeah. saying that you. Yeah, yeah. just just many, not many, many. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, is there anything you still want to apart from James Bond? Is there anything else you still kind of want to do that you haven't done yet? Or I'm. Thinking... Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's. I think there's loads. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to. You know, like do a sitcom uh, on on telly to 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 write it. I think you know. Mm. you know that's a tough call you know i'd like to do um i'd like to do some really meaty drama i've done i've done drama but not really i i actually i have to say i prefer doing comedy 
because yeah. it, that's my sort of natural thing. I like yeah. to push myself a bit to do some some more hard hitting uh, drama. I really liked um, Quiz, the thing that was on recently. Oh right, yeah, I thought, I thought yeah. You, I thought that was great. I, I will say it was a nice. It was a sort of had that comedy sort of st- sort of side to it. It was very. It was funny, but also obviously had quite a serious subject. And yeah, it was brilliantly written. Yeah. I thought such a so good. good. Yeah, great, great script. Yeah. And um, I had to. Uh, I had to meet. I had to meet uh, Stephen Frears for that, uh, um, and the meeting kept on sort of getting cancelled. And I had to go over to his house to say that because he said Stephen would like to meet you. And I said, right, okay. And um, I got there, and the, the casting director and the casting assistant were sitting on the pavement outside his house. And they said, uh, oh, uh, Stephen, Stephen's, uh, he's, he's actually not here. He's not here yet. So I said, right, oh, okay. They said, yeah, he's on his way back. He kind of forgotten a bit about the meeting. Really. <laughs> right, okay. He said he got, got a bit confused. He's on his way back. He was going to pick someone up from Euston Station. So I, this is in Bayswater. And uh, I said, oh, okay, you know. So we waited about I don't know five ten minutes, and he walked down the road, you know, dressed entirely in linen. Um, <laughs> and you know, I, I love him. And he walked up, and they said, uh, oh, this is Martin. And, and, and I thought this must be some sort of test. He went forward and he he said, he shook my hands. And he said, have you bought any cake? <laughs> <laughs> so I said, oh, God, that's page one, isn't it? I mean, is, it, is there anything for me? <laughs> so he said, you know, inside, you know. And I think that was a kind of a, a little test about what mm. what kind of reaction I'd have to, uh, you bought any cake. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then after, he's so delightful, after about five minutes, he said, he turned to the casting people and he said, why have we dragged this poor man halfway across London? <laughs> of course he's right for the part. Brilliant. Yeah, wow. but uh, that was a lot of fun, actually. I really enjoyed doing that. Um, yeah. Because, it was, you know, I didn't, although it was quite a funny script, I, I didn't have any laughs in it, oh. you know. I was just sort of slightly grumpy. <laughs> But it was what it was very warm, wasn't it? It was just a very warm. It, it I don't know if it painted them almost maybe maybe too nicely in a way, but it actually was not. I like the the way it kind of led you at the end to go. Oh, they might not have actually done yeah. that. No, yeah, it was it's, it's the, what the, the the brilliance of it. I thought is what episode one and two, the nation, and and when I'd read the scripts, you know, I was as well. The nation's kind of going. Oh yeah, I mean they are guilty. Yeah, yeah. I mean there's no way. They are guilty of sin. Bang yeah. them up. Yeah. And then the, the third episode just sort of covers you and sort of goes, and takes you off in a slightly different direction. You go, yeah. well, have a think. Have a little think about that. Maybe yeah. they didn't. Yeah. And the, the the production company had those tapes for months. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Months. Yeah. If I don't know whether they did it, and I'm in showbiz. <laughs> well, this is it, isn't it? Yeah. No. You yeah. don't know. No one knows. No. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, who do you, I mean, who inspires you? What what sort of inspires you in comedy? What inspires is it? Are there people you work with, or is it? I don't know. What I think it's other people who work with. I think it's people I have worked with. Uh, you know, the work ethic of of uh, Sean Locke, uh, which is just you know, you, you never have something that will do. You know, right, yeah. that will do because that will not do. Mm. You know, the right thing will do. Mm. Um, the sort of uh, I've worked with Bill Bailey over the years, um, and 
it's that kind of that freedom of thinking which is kind of sort of quite inspiring you know um and there's a lot, a lot of people um but i think you have to have inside you you have to comedically you have to have that thing you know mm. and you can't really explain what it is mm. you know is it comic timing is it the the speed of you know you're delivering it is it you know what is it you know yeah. I, I, I'm a, a lot of the Americans are, are incredibly good at comedy, you know. Mm. They're just, they're, it's just, you watch, you know, Parks and Recs, it's effortless, effortless, yeah. you know. It's, it's just, you know, you go, how do they do that? That's yeah, just, yeah. you know. Um, so it, it's difficult to, to, to find one defining thing that, that, that inspired the comedy. Mm. Um, or that did inspire the comedy, but I think it was that certainly it was the one of the reasons I wanted to do it was was having seen Bill and Harry Hill and Sean mm. and all those sort of people with that with, with the daft gene, yeah. which I really and Tim Vine and you know mm. people like that I really gravitated towards because I love that kind of daftness you know mm. um, that silliness yeah, yeah. which I, I you know my stand up was very silly sadly never recorded. Oh, that means you that means you can big it up you can just say yeah. Yeah. exceptional yeah. yeah before television you see <laughs> of course yeah <laughs> but i think you know and it's funny it's kind of notable like being in a band say with kevin eldon because kevin eldon's another one of those people who always turns up in something that's good so you know, yes, you know he'll yeah. do a good character and everything um yeah. i mean yeah because you've worked with so many of the sort of leading lights of the whole comedy sort of sitcom scene and i think yeah, yeah, and and per se, you know, if you're in it, you go, oh, that's going to be a good thing. So yeah. I'm probably oh, just being a bit right. too, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. brown nosing. But um, but yeah, yeah no, it's well, that's very kind. But it's I've done children's telly as well. Oh, so did you do a, a sort of kids sitcom thing? Fairly recently, I did. Yeah. Um, I've done. I've done a few. I did all at sea, grumpy right. uh, neighbour. <laughs> uh, I did so awkward, um, daft boyfriend. Um, well, that's about it. I was, have you done any CBBS things or CBBS? No, songs? I've never, I've never done any CBBS things. So no. We're not on CBBS quite. We're, we're sort of getting there with right. some. There's only, there's only six, so yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I tell you, what, my my daughter is upstairs. She's uh, she's nine. She's nearly ten, and um, I, I'm pointing over there because that's where the telly is. You don't know that. <laughs> I'll give you a little bit of geography. Yeah, brilliant. That's yeah. the garden. Right. That's the telly. Okay. Uh, and um, I was on uh, All at Sea or, or one of those things. And um, she got up and she was about two, two and a half. No, she was about two. And she walked up to the television and then looked behind it. <laughs> Brilliant. To see if I was there. And I was. No. <laughs> Just hiding. So how and how do... Having children at that age, how do they react to what you do? Is it? I mean, obviously they they've grown up with you doing it, but is it? How do they? Yeah, well, they haven't seen um, they haven't seen the in between us or phone shop. Um, my son's thirteen, and I suppose maybe he's around about the age he could now, I suppose. Mm. But they ha he hasn't seen it yet. But um, what's what's tricky? It, it, Louis get, gets it now. You know, so, so, you know, we're on the bus or something like that and someone goes, oh, well, can I get a photo with you? Oh, massive phone trip. And, you know, mm -hmm. Louis just stands to one side and it's just kind of, yeah. but Betsy's still kind of, why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
why, why would he? Why would he want that? Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> because, because I'm amazing, darling. Yeah. I'm, Do you not realise you're yeah. in the presence of genius? Yeah. Yeah. You've got a lot to learn. You'll be recounting this in a documentary about me. <laughs> Forty years time. Yeah, when I'm dead. Right? Yeah. And they do the bloody thing. Yeah, you'll be Gary Morecambe. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going to happen? Yeah. Um, we, sh- we should probably end you there. Should, I should look so- at the time. Yeah. Thanks so much for doing this, Martin. It's, it's lovely oh, to... You're, you're really well. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Really Come again. Do it another time. Yeah. I will do, I will do it. Yeah. And then maybe come to our comedy club at some point and do some stand-up. That would be... Oh, yeah, uh... if you ever want to... I'll do a minute. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> do do your ten minutes from "Say so You Think You're Funny" and and yeah. Oh God! All but right. It, it's it's nice. I'm sure Glenn's thinking the same thing because so many yeah. of the things you said that you liked that you did when you're growing up is very much what we did. Yeah. So it's it's yeah. nice yeah. to hear that familiarity and and also know that it it came out into something that was you know really good. So yeah, yeah exactly. That's creative right. and uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like remaining the kid inside. You know, it's always being the child inside. Oh, yeah. Never never yes. quite taking yourself seriously, which is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but thanks so much, Martin. We'll, yeah, we'll, thank you. You're really welcome. You're really welcome. Yeah. And, and we'll see you again, hopefully. That was lovely. Take thanks care. very much. Thank you, Martin. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks a lot. Bye. So that was Martin Treneman right there. It was, yes. Yeah. And it was a really nice chat and uh, interesting as well. And I sort of, I, I can really see what he said about, say, for example, someone like Sean Locke, their sort of preciseness about mm. getting a thing funny, not, not going for the half good, because I think he's very sort of direct. He's a very direct comedian. Um, you can, yeah, absolutely. You can see the attention to detail. I mean, something like Fifteen Stories High, particularly that you can see. And I haven't seen that many of the episodes, and you, you obviously seen every all of it. Yeah. But it, the, what I have seen, you can really see the detail, and that's what makes it even funnier because every, every little detail has been considered. And mm. yeah, so it's it's obvious. It's quite nice to hear him kind of say that and make you, things you thought were true are true. You know. Yeah. Also, it's funny as well because like. My wife, you know, and I, we like the specific scene that you mentioned, the thing about sex in the fish, which you might not have seen, which is like no, making error will try and work out. He, like Martin Trenman's character is saying, no, it's really easy. Look, you see, that's a, that's a male. That's a female. That's a, you know, and, and yeah. he can't get it. And it's just winding him up. But like I, uh, uh, my wife said to me, oh, you should, you know, mention if you mentioned it to him, he probably wouldn't even remember it. So it's quite nice that it was specifically the thing he pulled out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and yeah, just man- managed to sort of, I don't know, dip in and out of all kinds of different things and music mm. as well. And, you know, yeah. it's a really nice journey to have taken, you know, um, jealous, jealous of it, really. Very, um, very jealous. Yeah, absolutely jealous of, of all of those things. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, lovely to hear him talk about all of that. And um, yeah. hopefully everyone enjoyed listening to it, too. I hope so. Yeah. Um, and also you have to go and listen to the jam song, Eaton Rifles, to listen out oh, yeah. for him yelling at age 14 or whatever. Which yeah. is which is very cool, and also um, do listen to Bravo Two Charlies, which is on yes. um, uh, BBC Sounds at the moment. Well, it's on BBC Sounds at the moment, isn't it? But yeah, yeah, and it's really it's series. really good. Yeah. It's, and he's very funny in it, and it's yeah, yeah. very yeah, it's, it's good. So listen out for that. Yeah, um, and and also um, if you've enjoyed this, listen to some of our other episodes. We've got all kinds of people. The ones we've recorded recently to this: Rory Bremner, Arthur Smith, Bobby Davro, Mark Morris from the Blue Tones, Kate Robbins, Norman Lovett. Plenty to listen to there, um, and also the old ones. Older ones, yeah. Phil Jupiter's, Josh and we've got Whittaker. people like like we mentioned on there, but Kevin Eldon's on there, yeah. isn't he? We interviewed him yeah, yeah. quite a while ago now. Yeah. Um, but people like 
that who are really interesting to listen to and it's nice as well like we, we said like the the nature of doing this podcast the situation we're in has enabled us to do these things in a slightly different way and someone yeah. like martin we would not have been able to interview necessarily in the comedy club the way we normally no. do because he's more no. of a comedy actor than yeah. say a stand-up we wouldn't man. we wouldn't have booked him for mostly comedy therefore we wouldn't have probably then been interviewing no. him afterwards. and not not so, because you wouldn't want him to do it but because no, he doesn't do that he wouldn't be that sort of stuff although having yeah. said that he now said about stand-up and now yeah. I'm really interested to see him uh-huh. do uh, some stand-up. Yeah, so, it'd be good. Yeah. It'd be good, definitely. But but yeah, so this is an example of sort of stepping slightly left of centre of what we would normally do and interviewing yeah. people that have done interesting things that we would not have been able to have at the club. So yeah. so again, this is a, a a good thing to come out of a you know a not so good situation. Yes. Um, I mean, it's not going. It's not going to save the world. It's not no. going to improve the situation that we interviewed Martin Trenman. It's not going to. No. It's not going to you know ease the lockdown or anything. No, but it was a, sadly not. But it was a good. It was fun while it yeah. lasted, and hopefully, it will be fun for people listening. Yeah, I hope to so. it now. And if not, plenty of other things you can listen to. Exactly. That's the, but although, by, to be fair, if you've listened this far in, you've listened to it basically. That's true. It's about, yeah. it's about to and end. So if you yeah. if you switch off just now, <laughs> bit weird. Go and see through to the yeah. end. Come on. You might um, as well. You know. But yeah, but thanks for joining us, and hopefully, as I say, listen to all the other ones. They're around. Uh, uh, on all the sort of uh, the uh, podcasting sites um, and go to mostlycomedy.co.uk where you can find more information about the club and also links to all the episodes as well and tell us what you think of it if it's positive please do yeah yeah no negative stuff just tell us positive stuff because we 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 do that bit ourselves yeah Um, we we don't need the outside influence for that (laughs) no we don't we don't (laughs) Um, but yeah thanks for listening and hopefully you'll join us again soon thank you thank you